You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The tournament, it's finally here. The brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever. How large, you may ask? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survival pool, you could win a shot at $10,000 for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN. THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Saturday, March 20th. Ian Cameron, and we've got a returning special guest with us, Ice King Bets. You can follow him on Twitter at that uh, Twitter handle. Uh, He was with us a few weeks ago on a Sunday to break down the NHL card. He's back with us. We're hoping to have Alex B. Smith with us, but he's uh, dealing with some uh, headaches and, and really, really, and he has severe headaches when he has them. So uh, unfortunately it looks like he's going to be a no-go today, which is all the more reason I'm happy. I got a special guest with me uh, to at least join me to make it not a solo show. And it's Ice King Bets. Follow him on Twitter. Pete uh, is his name. Welcome back. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, looking forward to a Saturday card. How could you not? There's 14 games yeah. today. Uh, doing really well. Uh, season's been season's actually been been treating me really well lately. Um, I was expecting a little bit of kind of regression from kind of my picks from uh, from February because we went on like an absolute tear in February and the beginning of the month kind of struggled. But uh, since then, we've really picked it up and it's been going well. And we've got a absolutely massive card today, so a lot to go through. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the last time you were on, it was a shorter card, and you didn't like a whole lot. You, you know, you were just some things I kind of like, but nothing I love. Well, there's a lot more to choose from oh, yeah. uh, today uh, on this card. So let's get into it. We've got uh, a bunch of afternoon games. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Penguins, New Jersey Devils. Pittsburgh minus 165 road favorites. Total five and a half here shaded to the over in this game. You've got the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins looking to bounce back, losing to New Jersey uh, the previous time they played the uh, Devils, but they've got major concerns at the center ice position right now, Pittsburgh coming into this game, you know, for the longest time, we know they've won Stanley cups and they've been perennially a good hockey team because of their depth at the center ice position. And they could go one, two, three, four down the middle and be able to match up and be better than you at that position. And all of a sudden now that's taken a hit with Evgeny Malkin's injury. 
uh, Teddy Bluger sidelined as well. And Jared McCann was also uh, a center that was injured for the Penguins, but looks like they're at least going to have him back. Uh, it looks like he's going to not only return, but slot in on that second line playing between Brandon Tanev and Kasperi Kapanen, who's actually played quite well uh, for the Penguins this year. So they get some bit of good news there uh, in that regard. Uh, the New Jersey Devils had gone through a wretched stretch of hockey where they went one and nine uh, in 10 games, but they've now won two straight games. Uh, they beat the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, that wasn't saying much, uh, but certainly beating Pittsburgh uh, in their last game um, uh, was definitely something a little bit uh, more impressive from this uh, Devils team. Uh, we'll have to see who they go with in terms of goaltending. Mackenzie Blackwood got injured in the pregame warm-up the last game. Scott Wedgwood had to come in, but boy, he played well. 40 saves yeah. the other night for the uh, New Jersey Devils. And he's a veteran guy. He's come in there and played some good games in the past for this team. We'll see if that can continue. Uh, it looks like, you know, they've started to get their power play going. They've scored in three straight games with the man advantage, which is good to see. The power play has been struggling. Really, the offense had been struggling without Heashier. Uh, that's definitely a key absence. But Jack Hughes is starting to get things going a little bit. We're seeing Miles Wood, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka. Uh, those are guys that early in the season were playing well for the Devils. They kind of tailed off. They're starting to come back again. So it's a really interesting game, I think, from a – Spot perspective, you think Pittsburgh's going to be fired up to bounce back, but I don't like the price. I don't like the injuries in the center ice spot. So this is a pass for me. Do you have anything here with Penguins Devils? Yeah, so I actually I played New Jersey uh, in their last game against Pittsburgh, and I'm actually playing them again. I just think they the market's just not really reacting to well a lot of what you mentioned with uh, Pittsburgh. I just really don't think that this is a team that I need I want to be laying like more than minus one fifty with right now. I think they have kind of some some serious problems, and if you just go. Um, I mean, their record is overall is, is really good, but I just believe it's a little bit misleading. Um, just, I mean, a lot of the kind of the advanced metrics that I'm looking at that we kind of talked about last time with, you know, Corsi expected goals and all sorts of these things. The Penguins are pretty much hovering right around like an average to like even slightly below average team for like full season body of work. And they also just have a couple goaltenders that I really just don't trust um, at all. Um, yeah, so I did lock in the Devils for one unit, just like a smaller play at plus 144. I was on them. I got them plus 165 uh, the last game, which was a really nice one. But I figure if we back them, I think they're playing the Penguins about four times here. Um, I'm, I'm thinking the Devils are at least going to win win two of these matchups. And with getting such a plus money price, uh, you're going to end up uh, profitable backing them in these four games just because I do think that this is more of a – more of an even game than uh, the market is suggesting just based off like overall kind of statistical body of work. And, you know, Blackwood's not, he hasn't been, I mean, he played really, really well to start the year. Um, and then he kind of just kind of sputtered a little bit and hadn't been playing too well. And, you know, Wedgwood and has been just phenomenal somehow. Um, so I don't have like really any kind of difference right now between uh, anyone they throw out there. I mean, if Dell is in net, I think it's a smaller downgrade, but it still wouldn't be enough to, convince me to not uh, take a chance here with the Devils. Yeah, and definitely value in the price is what you see. And when you see yeah. value in the price and then the line, uh, that's when you make your bet for sure. All right, next game, Nashville taking on Florida. Uh, we've got Florida minus 210 to minus 220 home favorites, total six shaded to the under in this game. I've been ripping on Nashville all season, and now lo and behold, here they are winning two games in a row. Uh, although the first win was against Tampa with Curtis McElhaney in net, I think one of the biggest drop-offs you'll see uh, is going from 
uh, Andre Basilevsky to Curtis McElhaney, and we certainly saw that uh, in their last game. But being Florida, I'll give them credit. And much to my chagrin, Pekka Rene was not in net because I was thinking, ah, oh, let's fade uh, Nashville here because Pekka Rene is going to play get a second start, and he never plays a good game after a really good start. He usually goes reverts back to Pekka Rene that struggles. But lo and behold, UC Soros was the starter the other night against Florida, and he played quite well and, and led the Panthers or led the Predators rather uh, to a victory over the Panthers. And I've said all along that this team has had, you know, Johansson's been terrible. Uh, you know, they've had Victor Arvidsson hasn't shown up a lot of games. Uh, Duchesne's injured. A lot of their veteran players have been stiffs. But now all of a sudden, these last few games, they got a lot more younger players in the lineup. Yakov Trenin uh, and this uh, Eli Tolvanen, who has really been good for them. Uh, they've got a younger blue line with injuries to Ryan Ellis and Lucas Pisa. And of course, Roman Yossi, who's the big one. And all of a sudden, they've got this youth movement. And I see they're playing with a little bit more speed. And actually, these guys, I find, are making more of an impact and playing a, a more noticeable game than some of these veteran players for Nashville. So all of these youngsters that are now in this lineup for the Predators, they're suddenly playing with spirit. They want to show the coaching staff, show the scouts that, hey, we can be NHL players and make an impact at this level. So I think that's actually played a part in the little mini win streak Nashville's had. The problem is they're now going up against Florida for a second game, a Florida team that's been just nails off a loss. What are they now? I think eight and one off a loss this year. They've been terrific at avoiding a losing streak. Uh, Drieger is going to be in net here for the Panthers. We don't know yet who the goalie is going to be uh, for the Nashville Predators. I think Florida bounces back. I don't love the price by any stretch of the imagination, so I probably would go Florida puck line here, if anything, lay the goal and a half. Even the regulation lines, like minus 150, that's not a price I'm interested in. If I bet Florida here, it would be the puck line here uh, in this game, and I'd feel better about it if Rene's in net. Soros, if he's in net, I might back off, but right now I lean Florida puck line. Uh, what are your thoughts here with this one, Nashville, Florida? Uh, I guess I, I lean towards the Predators at the current price. Uh, I was on them uh, their, their first game against Florida just because I, I had uh, we got Soros back in net, and I thought the price was you know was pretty much the same thing as it is now, and I thought that that was a little bit kind of outrageous just because the Predators you know have been playing playing a little bit better, and I just kind of liked like the spot there, and I just think like statistically. Uh, like I said, kind of before with kind of backing them, their five on five metrics are, are not really that bad. They're kind of just like an eh, like average team. They're not like they're not horrible. They just tend to really kind of they, they had been like on like a special teams drought and just really struggling on like power play PK, those kind of things. Um, but in this game, uh, I don't really want any part of them uh, just because based off like kind of how the metrics were in that first game. Florida really uh, dominated them across the board, and it was pretty much like a, a misleading final. I mean, if you look at it, um, I think the Predators really only had about 40% of the expected goals and about 30 high 30s percent of uh, like the of the Corsi. So the Panthers were dominating like the shots on goal, dominating the puck possession. Um, it was just kind of like a weird result. So I, I do think uh, Florida is going to they might they might crush them here. Um, and you know, my numbers are going to lean to Nashville, but I, I'm not going to go back to that and play them for like the, I think I'd, I'd be on them for like the fourth consecutive game. And I think they've, they've gotten a little bit lucky, um, just based off of, you know, how they've gotten those wins. Yeah. Uh, Florida definitely puck. I, I'm leaning heavily toward Florida puck line, but I'm just waiting to see yeah, who Nashville's going to go with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that, uh, that's the big question. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, Minnesota, Colorado, 
Uh, Colorado minus 175 home favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over uh, in this one. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche are looking as impressive as it gets right now. Remember, we were concerned about Colorado for a bit. Remember, they were struggling. They were not getting that secondary scoring, yet they were generating the chances. They were generating the opportunities. Numbers showed they probably should have been scoring more goals. They just weren't at the time. Puck wasn't going in. Hell, they had games against Arizona and L.A. They've got 40 shots on goal in those games, getting chances, and yet they're barely squeaking by and having to win games in overtime or by the skin of their teeth. Well, things are changing now. We're seeing the Colorado uh, Avalanche really get things going offensively. Uh, they, you know, they beat up on Anaheim uh, defensively in that uh, comeback win they had against the Ducks. Really, they only gave up the bunch of goals they did to Anaheim because you know Hunter Miska is quite the drop off, clearly from Philip Grubauer uh, in net for this Avalanche team, and they didn't really play well in front of him. Uh, Jared Bednar kind of said it after that game. We kind of hung. It wasn't all on Hunter Miska. They kind of hung him out to dry against Anaheim, but uh, definitely this team is. Uh, Clicking on offense right now. The top line's been amazing. Ranton and McKinnon and Landeskog. But what's been good to see is that all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to get uh, the second line, the third line chipping in a little bit uh, at the offensive end of the ice lately for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That's good to see. Minnesota, you know, they lost, of course, decisively to uh, Colorado in the first meeting just a couple nights ago. You look at them at home, they've been amazing. You look at them on the road when they've been asked to step up in class, play Colorado, play Vegas. They didn't win any of those games on the road. Like they had a chance to beat Vegas. They had a four to two lead, copped it up, and they ended up losing in overtime. And I said after that game, Minnesota's probably lost their chance to beat Vegas because you know the Golden Knights will be a lot better from the start the next game. And they were. They beat Minnesota 5 1 in the rematch. Now, Minnesota did beat Vegas twice at home, but again, on the road, that ability to step up, you know, beat a team the caliber of Colorado, I haven't seen it from this Minnesota team. They're going to go back to Capo Kakinen and Net tonight. Uh, Talbot was in net in the last. So I think it'll give them a better chance because Kakinen's just been lights out. There's no question about that uh, going into this game. So, you know, to me, I think Minnesota at the price, I'm tempted, but I just don't know if I have any interest going against this Colorado machine right now. Like they are looking as impressive statistically as they are on the ice right now. And it's not something I'm in a rush to step in front of. Uh, what's your take here, Minnesota, Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I think Colorado is um, by far the best team in the league. I think my numbers have had them um, pretty much the number one team by a large margin for like the full season, just because, like you said, they weren't getting the goals, but they were creating just like absurd amounts of chances. And their their core, I think their core scene expected goals numbers are are tops in the league. Um, just overall, the, the entire team, and and they passed the eye test. I mean, when you watch their games, they're just completely dominating. Um, but, you know, with this price, uh, I do think that the Wild are uh, worth just like a smaller play above like plus 150 against anybody. Just because I do think like five on five, uh, the Wild tend to, to play right with everybody. Um, they're, they're, they're a top team this year. I don't think anything would suggest that they're not. Um, you know, obviously their, their road stats haven't been, haven't been that, that great. But to be honest, um, I just think like getting plus 150 or more, um, it is something where I, I'm, I'm going to take a chance every single time. Um, you know, they, they're expected goal numbers, they're, they're high danger chances numbers. They've been really, really solid in terms of, you know, limiting chances for the other team and, you know, creating chances for themselves. And, you know, I, I think the last game is maybe just like a little bit of an outlier for them. So I'm expecting them to, you know, be a little bit more, 
um, you know, motivated, kicking into gear a little bit today and, and be a lot more alive in this game. And the other thing that abs I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about is uh, backup goaltending. Grubauer has been taking just like is going to have to take on some insane workload uh, just because Miska has just been so bad for them. Um, so, you know, Grubauer going again, he had to fill in, um, you know, after one period uh, when they when they started Miska against the Ducks, he had to come in for two. He had to start the next game. He's just getting like some absurd workload right now. And I think the Avs, that's like the one thing that they're going to have to try to figure out is um, a secondary option and net because Grubauer is going to be taking like an absolute, uh, you know, pounding if, if they keep on just throwing him out there every single game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the good news is they, they don't allow a ton of shots, or at least this season so far they haven't. They've been good at yeah. keeping teams below 30 shots on goal, even a lot of games where they give up 20 shots or fewer. So that so that's the thing when you look at a goalie's workload. That I, and I mentioned this the other day. Workload for a goalie, like in terms of how many games they play, good to look at that. But it's also good to also look at number of shots, number of chances faced each game, because that's going to be the difference. There's going to be some goalies that are just sitting back there 20 shots a game with the same number of games played. And then there's going to be some goalies that got to face 35, 40 shots a night. So they're going to be worn down even more. So uh, that's definitely something I like to look at too with goalies. So if I'm concerned about fatigue, I also like looking at how many shots and chances they faced uh, because you're not going to be as tired if you're not facing uh, as many uh, of those shots and chances. And that's the one thing about Grubauer is that the Colorado defense lately uh, they've kept the shot totals down. And Minnesota's going to have to keep the shot totals down today. You can't give up 55 shots on goal again uh, and expect to win this game. But uh, uh, taking the chance, though, with Minnesota, I agree. I think the price is, you know, tantalizing in the wild. There is no question about that uh, in this game today. We'll see if they can uh, get the job done. Yeah, Terry Edelman, I know you're waving the wild pom-poms in the chat. I did miss speak earlier. They did beat uh, Colorado 6-2 early in the season. But Colorado was coming off the Vegas series. They had a couple injuries back then. Uh, not given Colorado total excuse for losing that game, but it was a tough spot. I remember that game very well. It's a tricky spot for Colorado, but credit to Minnesota taking advantage that day uh, back in uh, February when they beat uh, uh, when they beat the Avalanche here in Denver. Uh, Chicago and Tampa Bay. We've got Tampa Bay minus two fifty uh, home favorites. Total six across the board here in this one. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks ended up losing four uh, two out of Tampa Bay the other night. Tampa Bay's really starting to get it cooking a little bit, uh, no question. Chicago, on the other hand, it was a, it's been a really, really decent season for them, I guess you could say. It's been better than we expected, but they're starting to come back down to earth a little bit, Chicago. They're starting to come back down to earth defensively is what I'm seeing because early in the season, you look at all of these expected goals against and high danger chances. Like they were like still pretty bad in both of those categories. And yet it wasn't equating to the goals they were allowing. Now it is. Now we're seeing Chicago, you know, struggle defensively more and more, maybe not quite as bad as they were last year, two years ago when they were just giving up five, six goals in every game, it seems, but they're getting closer and closer to that, you know, bottom tier defensive team again, after, I think some of their goaltending, which couldn't, you know, sustain itself. Uh, you had to think there's regression from Lankinen, you know, in goal for the Blackhawks. And we've seen that kind of bit, uh, seen that a little bit. Uh, Malcolm Subban has played good in spurts, but, you know, he's not always a, a goalie that's consistent uh, one game to the next. Uh, Jeremy Colleton talking about how this team had chances and didn't shoot the puck enough uh, the other night against Tampa Bay. So I think you're going to see Chicago be more aggressive in that regard. Shoot the puck from anywhere, especially when you're playing a good goalie like Vasilevsky. You have to do that. I mean, you've got to try to 
hope for some traffic, some rebounds, some tip-ins, some deflections, and just shoot the puck and see what it gets you. See if you can get a, some loose change around the net. I think Tampa Bay offensively should be able to still uh, do some damage here as well. So I'm going right back to this. I think I've been on Chicago Tampa Bay overs in some form, you know, in pretty much each and every recent meeting between these two teams. And I'm going right back to it here. Chicago uh, Tampa Bay over six at around even money uh, in this one. Uh, Pete, what's your take here? Lightning hosting the Blackhawks. Yeah, uh, the Lightning just over the past, you know, 10, 15 games have really turned it on uh, metrically. They've just been, you know, they've been like a powerhouse in the last 10 games. Um, something that I hadn't actually, you know, seen too I mean, they, they have the shooter talent. So that's the thing with the lightning is, you know, they can really make up for a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the metrics just based off of like how good they are at shooting and like their shooting talent is phenomenal. So like sometimes it's going to be deceiving with some of their expected goal numbers, but to be honest, you know, their last 10, 15, they've, I think they have 56 point, this says 56.27% of the expected goal share in the last 10 uh, 55% of the course he shares. So they're just absolutely controlling games right now. And the Blackhawks, they were kind of a product of a lot of luck um, in the first kind of beginning of the season. Like you said, like their metrics weren't very good, uh, but they were kind of making up for it with really, really good goaltending, which um, has kind of started to kind of, you know, regress a little bit. So I really just think the Lightning are, are you know, I would only look to the Lightning on like a puck line or regulation play, something like that. Uh, just because I just don't think that the Blackhawks are going to be able to sustain um, a lot of the results that, that they were getting early in the year based off of how they're playing. And like you said, a lot of goals are starting to fall against them and Tampa Bay is playing much better. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Tampa Bay puts up, you know, four or five alone today. So for you, and one own, thing to be really good. Yeah, definitely. I like the over. And one thing that I'm going to like this over even more, uh, Tampa Bay plays Florida tomorrow, back to back. And maybe McElhaney is in today and you save Vasilevsky for Florida because that's the bigger game. I yeah, mean, the Florida I mean, Panthers tomorrow. So watch out for that. My, yeah, I would take back a lightning bet if I if I knew uh, Vasilevsky wasn't starting. So uh, we'll see on that. <laughs> but um, if he's not, I think the over is an even – I mean, it's a phenomenal play then. Yeah, and this is no disrespect to McElwain. He's had some decent games and decent seasons in the past in a backup role. Problem is, none of those games have been this season. He's really had a tough time. He's been fighting the puck a little bit. Uh, there's just if, if you have a clear-cut opportunity to beat him, like the, the elite goalies on a breakaway or an odd man rush, they can make a save or two. But every time McElwain's faced one of those, and we saw it in the Nashville game earlier this week, he's getting beaten. You know, there was a breakaway there. I think a shorthanded breakaway on the uh, 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 shorthanded for Nashville. There's an opportunity that sometimes an elite goalie can make that save. McElhaney didn't. So that's why I think there is definitely that drop off. And he's definitely struggled a little bit this season. And he might be in if indeed John Cooper decides to save Vasilevsky for the big showdown with Florida uh, on Sunday. Uh, next game. The rest of the games are at night, by the way. Flyers and Islanders. Islanders minus 130. Home favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over. So I took the Flyers the other night against the Islanders. Just one of those games where I said, you know what? They were so badly embarrassed by the New York Rangers, 9-0, that, hey, this pride's got to kick in. This is still Giroux and Voracek and Couturier and veteran players on this team that got to be ashamed with the way they played against the New York Rangers. So I thought it was a decent bounce back, and the Islanders finally had lost a, uh, a game uh, with Anders Lee being out. I think that's a significant loss, their captain uh, as well. And here I am thinking, oh, things are looking great here, 3 nothing, And then I'm shitting bricks there late in the third period as the Flyers' defense comes back out in a bad way. 
uh, in the third period. They blow a 3-0 lead. Islanders tie it, but the Flyers thankfully rescue uh, themselves to win it late by uh, with a late third-period goal to survive and hang on for a 4-3 victory. Uh, I'm mad I didn't bet the over, but all I was hearing from the Flyers is we got to dig in defensively after the Ranger game, and that game still went over the total. So I'm mad that I didn't bet the over. I just bought into this this uh, coach speak and player speak from the Flyers that, hey, we got to keep things tight, checking, low scoring. We got to dig in defensively. And the defense came unglued again in the third period, and it very nearly cost them the game again. So I'm not passing up the Flyers over uh, again this time. I'm not involved in this game from a side perspective. Uh, the Islanders have issues. I think the Islanders are a team I'd be worried to back uh, a little bit moving forward because, uh, you know, Anders Lee's a big loss. They've now lost two in a row, uh, this Islanders team. I think they're wins before that they weren't nearly as impressive in those performances as maybe the end result might show so keep an eye on the islanders they're just not a team that right now i'm in a rush to back i'd lean maybe the flyers again that maybe they could get a little confidence going but uh i i survived in that game after the rangers debacle with them i'm not in a rush to back them again here but i'm going to stick with the over it's five and a half it got there in the last game Philly's gone over the total in six straight games now. Six straight games for the Flyers have gone over the total. Five and a half is a you know reasonable number. Uh, even with the Islanders involved, who like to keep it low scoring and tight checking defensively with that structure they play under trots, uh, I still think we can get to the over here at five and a half. Uh, what's your take here, Pete, Islanders and Flyers? Uh, nothing really on the side. I guess I'm, I'm a bean towards the Flyers as well. I kind of want to get a little bit more data on how the Islanders are going to kind of respond and play with without, you know, without Lee. I think that's a, like you said, it's a huge loss. And I want to, I want to wait and see on them in terms of how they're playing. Um, one point with the Flyers is just crazy how bad uh, their goaltending has been. Um, you know, you talk about like their core defense, but if you really look at it, um, they're actually allowing, I believe they're above average in terms of like expected goals allowed and also like above average in terms of high danger chances um, allowed against. And that's in terms of like all strengths Like you just take, you know, total body work and like the power plays, all of those things, penalty kills, whatever um, their, their goaltending has just been um, just been horrendous. And it's been like statistically like, worse than the league. Um, so, you know, if they start to get a little bit of, you know, solid goaltending performance, I think this team can really turn it around. Um, but until then, I, it's just a team where I just can't, um, I can't trust them because I keep thinking like, oh, they're going to get positive regression from this goaltending. And then they get up three, nothing. And then all of a sudden there it's three, three within 10 minutes. So, um, you know, overall the Islanders uh, statistically have been phenomenal this entire year. Um, but since, you know, Lee's been out, it's it's been kind of a, a weird situation where it might take them a little bit to adapt. And I want to wait and see. And this is a game I really just don't want any part of, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a hard one from a side perspective. Yeah. And the one thing I don't normally like doing is betting against the Islanders off a loss. And when Barry Trotz called them out, too, after the Flyer game, he said even though we came back and we played terrible for two periods, so you would think the Islanders are much better tonight. And, uh, again, the Flyers still with defensive warts. And yeah. this is a collective issue right now. Their defense has given up too many open lanes to the net, open pathways, odd man rushes, too much time and space to make plays. Like, get a stick in the lane, will you? I mean, a lot of these players are just, they're not doing that right now. There's too many easy plays being made in the offense zone against this flyer defense. And yeah, Hart and Elliott, that combo, they have to be better too. They haven't been great, but this is on the entire team, the goalie and the blue line. They both have a helping hand in these struggles they've had. 
for sure. All right, next up, we've got uh, Calgary and Toronto. Uh, Toronto minus 160 home favorites, total six shaded to the over in this one. So I have been on Calgary every game since the coaching change. And what are we now? Three and one, I believe. Uh, two games against Montreal, the first game against Edmonton. Lost the second game against Edmonton when they got, they got bombed. And then I came back with Calgary last night for a, a small bet uh, against Toronto, even with the Leafs off the rest and the Leafs, you know, with the, you would think getting healthier with Wayne Simmons back and they put Galchenyuk in the lineup, try to get their offense going a little bit. It was just a perfect situation and spot for Toronto and still lose that game. But, you know, they had their chances. They didn't bury them. And for Freddie Anderson, look, I've, I've, I've given him a lot of leeway and wiggle room to say, you know what, There's he's been up and down. He's not 100%. What I don't understand with this Leafs team is he basically said two days ago, uh, I'm not 100%. I'm still feeling some things. Well, why the hell is he in there then? Yeah. Like, seriously. Doesn't what? Uh, look, I know Michael Hutchinson is Michael Hutchinson, and Jack Campbell was injured. They didn't want Hutchinson playing a bunch of games in a row because he, he is what he is. He's not that great. But you're still going to force a Freddie Anderson who's admitted publicly he's not 100% right health-wise in there. That's a mistake in my opinion, but they did it anyway. And he, you're right. He's, I think this is he's got to play better, but it's part I think he's not 100% health-wise. And he's basically said it you know, to the media earlier this week. So the bottom line is we won't be seeing Freddie Anderson tonight on the back-to-back. We'll be seeing Jack Campbell, who's finally back for the Toronto Maple Leafs and in net tonight and – this guy was playing outstanding. He's been great ever since they got him from the LA Kings. I don't worry about the, the rust or the long layoff. He's had multiple instances where he's come back from a stint on the injured list. And in that first game back, he's played great. He's had no issues with rust. He's had no issues with, you know, not being able to be sharp in the net. You know, he keeps himself ready. That's what's great about Jack Campbell. And uh, I think he'll go in there. He'll play well tonight. I'm actually pivoting away from Calgary tonight. I think this is good setup for Toronto tonight. They play hard for Campbell. They love the guy. He's always smiling. He's always positive. He's always upbeat. There's no negativity, you know, and I think the part of that is he's not on Twitter, you know, or not on Twitter much. You can get negative in a damn hurry when you're seeing all these morons on Twitter, you know, squawking at you when you lose or whatever. Uh, certainly I've gotten the, the brunt of that at times uh, in the past. It gets to you. It bothers you. And you just want to just say, get the, <laughs> just, you know, you want to say something, but Jack Campbell stays away from negative thoughts negative people. He's a positive guy. He's a great teammate. Watch the Leafs go out there, play one hell of a game tonight for him. And it's desperate times. You don't want to drop two in a row to Calgary uh, in this losing streak. I thought they played well enough to win last night, the Leafs, to be honest with you. Chances were there. Markstrom was very good in the third period. Calgary played a tight defensive game. The key for Toronto is don't fall behind this Daryl Sutter team. We know how good Daryl Sutter teams are going back to LA when they have a lead. They tighten the game up. They're tough to come back against. Get the lead, force Calgary out of their comfort zone. That's what Edmonton did just a few days ago. I think if Toronto does that, and I think the, the onus will be to get that first goal, then the game will flow easier for Toronto. So I like the Leafs in regulation here uh, in this one. Uh, I'm going to take them in regulation here. I think like the spot, like the situation. Remember, Calgary won the first game against Edmonton. What happened in the second game in the rematch when the Oilers were chomping at the bit looking to yeah. avenge the defeat? They didn't play well. And I think Toronto's in that same spot. They need it. They didn't. They played well enough to win last night. I like the Leafs in regulation tonight, minus 110. And right now, I, I think Jack Campbell's a little bit more of a reliable option than an inconsistent, banged up, less than 100% in his own words, Freddie Anderson for this team right now. Uh, Pete, what do you think here? Flames and Leafs. 
Uh, same. I'm on the same exact play as you. Uh, I'm going to be on Toronto in regulation. I really, really like the look today just because you have no Markstrom um, in the net for Calgary, which is going to be, I think that's going to be a massive problem. And then the Leafs are actually going with a, a much better goalie today in Campbell. Uh, just so I just I think this is, you know, really, really good uh, spot to back Toronto. Um, their numbers. I mean, the thing about Toronto is crazy. So um, their PDO numbers have been pretty much like fluctuating, like more than any other team this entire year. So their shooting percentage and save percentage numbers, um, you know, over the past like 10 or 15 games has has been absolutely terrible. Like they've just been getting like the worst luck you've ever seen. But before that, they were literally getting like the luckiest you've ever seen. So it's like totally evened out. Uh, I believe if you follow uh, uh, Money Puck on Twitter, they, they mentioned this, they had a graph that showed this today. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy how much it's fluctuated. Their stats really haven't changed that much. So Toronto is still uh, playing really, really solid right now. Um, so I just think with them playing solid, uh, they absolutely crushed Calgary in the metrics in that first game. I know it. Only reason they didn't win that game is because uh, they they're starting an injured goalie who, you know, he, he can't make like basic saves. I think the Flames had like, you know, a couple super easy wrist shots in that first period that he just completely missed. Um, so really like Toronto. I think Toronto in regulation is the only way I would look at this. Um, and you know, if they play how they did their last game. Um, they're going to win the majority of games in regulation against uh, Calgary. So I am on the, on the same, on the same page with you. Uh, Toronto and regulation is going to be a play for me. All right. Like in Toronto and regulation minus minus one ten as well, Pete in this one. Yeah. I mean, and as well with uh, Riddick and net uh, you would think that it's projected. I'd expect them to be in. You can't work Markstrom into the ground, wear them out. I think this is the spot you got to put Riddick in there. Uh, if you're a Sutter in the flames. Uh, so I would expect him in there and Campbell three and O. 1.33 goals against 951 save percentage and a shutout. So uh, un unbelievable numbers for Campbell. And uh, again, they've played very, very good in front of him as well. So I'd expect that tonight. Uh, the Leafs, uh, they got to stop the bleeding. And I think the spot matchup uh, and certainly the goaltending matchup uh, should work in their favor a little bit. Uh, Vancouver and Montreal, Montreal minus 170 uh, home favorites here, total six across the board. This is one of those spots that, you know, when you look at it from a Vancouver perspective, the end of a very long road trip, a pretty successful road trip, including an overtime win last night against Montreal. This is not the spot I'm looking to take that Vancouver team in. Not at all. Uh, end of a long road trip, satisfied, beat up Ottawa a couple times, thrilling win against Montreal last night, a JT Miller overtime winner with some shoddy defensive play uh, in their own zone by Montreal, allowing that goal to happen. Uh, but I think this is a spot where Vancouver going home after this minds are on that get back home. It's been a great road trip and oh yeah, Thatcher Demko, who's been carrying the team on the back for the last couple of weeks, this Canucks team carrying them on his back. He's not in tonight. It's Braden Holpe for the Vancouver Canucks and look, Braden Holpe's had a nice career, but, uh, I don't want to use the W word. That's uh, harsh. I think he is a little bit, you know what? Washed. Uh, right now uh, for the Canucks he is uh, he struggled he's been really really uh, st struggling and fighting the puck 
and routine saves that he usually should make. He's not made them in the last couple of starts that he's made. He has a four and seven record, 3.56 goals against average, 8.93 save percentage. So it's been a rough go of it for Braden Holpe. Uh, Montreal losing the game last night. They lost in overtime, back-to-back games in overtime. Now what are they, 0-9 yeah. in overtime, this Montreal Canadiens team? Lost back-to-back overtime games this week against Winnipeg and Vancouver. Uh, I like Montreal in regulation, and if you like Montreal, take them in regulation because they can't win in overtime, right? Take them in regulation. Don't 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 worry about the full game money line. Who cares? They don't win in overtime. This team. If you think yeah. Montreal wins the game, just take the better price. Take minus one twenty in regulation. That's what I've done here. And look, I've been reluctant to go against Vancouver because I saw this coming a mile away. They started to play better. They got Hamannick on the blue line. Their defense is healthy. Thatcher Demko is back to playing like he did in the bubble last year. You look at Thatcher Demko, and I know you pay attention to goals saved above average, GSAA. He's right up there in that number. He has been that good, that outstanding for the Canucks in net. So now you take him out and you put Holtby there. You've got Montreal off the back-to-back losses. They could have won either game. I think they win tonight. I like Montreal in regulation. And again, take him in regulation. They don't win in overtime. So if they win, it's probably going to be in regulation. What do you think here with this one, Pete? Canucks yeah. and have Demko's just been covering up like insane holes with the Canucks for the last, you know, for this entire season. Uh, I would even argue that he's probably the second best goalie in the league right now, uh, just because of what he's fa- like the quality of shots that he's facing that the Canucks defense is giving up. It's absolutely insane what he's been able to do. Uh, to keep them in all these games. So without him, uh, you're going to throw in Holtby, which is a significant, significant downgrade. Um, Probably one of the biggest downgrades that you're going to see in terms of goaltending. So I am also on Montreal in regulation. This is actually my favorite play of the day. Um, It's going to be a larger play for me. It'll be my best bet on here. Uh, Just think with how Montreal um, can play on the five-on-five, with how they kind of dominate metrically. The only time you can really beat them um, the, the times when people beat them is when they get outstanding performances from goaltenders, which with the Canucks, with Demco, you can run into that. And that's pretty much exactly what happened in their last game. So like you said, long road trip for the Canucks, that needs to be factored in as well. Probably a, a little bit fatigued here, a really long road trip. Um, and, you know, really good. I mean, Montreal is, you know, they got to win this game. I mean, they've, they've just been, you know, losing a lot of games they shouldn't have been. Um, so, I like them. I think this is you, – you can't – you're not going to find a better uh, pick on the board today, in my opinion, than the Canadians' uh, regulation. There you go. Uh, Montreal in regulation. So we have consensus here uh, with the Habs in regulation. Yes, Steve Priest, last start for Holpe was March 2. He gave up four goals and a loss to the Winnipeg Jets. And to be honest with you, the Canucks played okay in that game, and there were yeah. some goals that he probably should have stopped in that game. So, yeah, there's a, there's a reason that uh, we're a little bit reluctant to trust – uh, the Canucks with Braden Holpe in net. Certainly when you compare the Canucks with Holpe in net compared to Thatcher Demko. Uh, we got Columbus and Carolina. Carolina minus 180. Uh, home favorites total five and a half across the board uh, in this one. Uh, Carolina uh, back home after losing to Detroit and uh, facing Columbus. And they lose again. And uh, all of a sudden the Hurricanes a little bit of a funk. They miss Vincent Trocheck. People laugh at that, but he's been, he's been outstanding for this team. And really, with him up injured, and Tara Vinen's been on the IR for a bit, but their their offense has regressed a little bit. Trocheck being out has been a big part of that. Uh, and uh, 
They they really have. They're they're like the last couple of games. Detroit they have trouble finding the back of the net, finishing their chances, and they did again with Columbus uh, in their last game. Uh, Rod Brindamore saying we've got to be a lot more aggressive offensively, and we got to take the game to Columbus. They said we sat back, and they did set sit back in the first period. They were actually dominated by Columbus yeah. uh, in the first period the other night. I expect that from Carolina. I don't want to lay this price with the Canes. I think they'll win, but I think the better bet, especially at five and a half, and with the goaltending matchup being what it is, Elvis was a great singer in his day. Elvis ain't a great goalie for this Columbus team. I'm not a big Merzlikens guy uh, for the Jackets. He's in net tonight for them. Uh, His numbers are very, very mediocre. What are we looking at? 3.02 goals against average, barely above 900 save percentage. Uh, After Nadelkovich played the other night, in fact, James Reimer, Carolina. Uh, he struggled in his last start against Detroit, and he's kind of struggled lately. I mean, I've talked about him. The, the more he started, I think the more he's, his play has kind of declined in the process. So just instead of the side in this game, I lean Carolina, but I like the total even more than that because, you know, the Jackets do have the personnel to score goals, right? They've got Atkinson. They've got Lion A. They haven't exactly put the puck in the net consistently the last two weeks, but they've got goal scorers on this team. And uh, you saw signs of that offense coming back to life the last couple of games, especially the win against Carolina the other night. So I think they can find the back of the net against Reimer, who I'm uh, not exactly got the utmost faith in. But on the flip side, Carolina should definitely get their share as well against Merzlikens coming off the loss the other night. They don't want to lose two in a row at home to the Jackets. So I think they show up offensively in particular. I like the over here, over five and a half for me. Columbus, Carolina at minus 110. What's your take here on this one, Pete? Yeah, um, I mean, if you looked at that first period, it was horrible. I think the Canes just sat back and played the exact game that Columbus wanted them to play, which, you know, they, they're not going to win. It's going to be a very ugly game if, if you play a kind of like Blue Jacket style hockey where, you know, it's very similar to kind of it's just dull, boring hockey. And that's the opposite of, you know, how the Canes want to play, which is, you know, as aggressive as possible, get as many pucks on the net, um, play super fast pace, uh, get the four check going. The Canes weren't able to do any of those things. Um, but then in the second period and the third period, the Canes actually played like they played great. Uh, they kind of took it, took it right back to them and, you know, just ended up just not being able to get pucks in the net. So it's kind of a weird game. Um, but I, I'm a little bit concerned with the Canes. I mean, if you do look at kind of their last, you know, 10 or so games, hasn't been hasn't been too great. I would lean to lean to Carolina, lean to them in regulation. It's a borderline kind of, you know, I, I'm still debating if I want to take that or not. I do think they're significantly better than Columbus and, and how they played the last you know two periods. If they can continue how they played uh, like that, um, continue that over to today, it's going to be really solid. But it's really hard for me to ever uh, back the Canes right now at high high money line prices with Reimer in net. That's the one that's that's what's throwing me off right now. So um, I don't I, like like you said. I think this is a really really poor goaltending matchup. Um, I, I would I would definitely you know lean to the over as well. I think that's definitely a good look there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to back the Canes at, at a minus one seventy tag, just with you know a little bit declining in play, and then you also have uh, Reimer in net, who's just been uh, you don't really know what you're going to get. There's times where he'll have a, a really solid game, and, and times where he looks like the worst goalie in the league. Um, so it's hard for me to back that. And I think the Canes have, you know, once they get Mrazek back. Um, they'll, they'll be a little bit more solid just because then I think they have two options. And I think Reimer's actually probably the third guy right now. So um, it's just tough for me to back them at the price with him. Yeah, you're right. Declining play, the offense drying up a little, and Reimer's play, which is a little like Reimer just lost to Detroit. 
you know, in his yeah. last start. That tells you all you need to know uh, about his play. Speaking of Detroit, I think they're the next team that we're talking about. Yes, they're hosting the Dallas Stars. We've got Dallas minus 190 uh, road favorites in this game. The total five and a half years shaded to the under uh, in this one. Asking Detroit to beat the same team two games in a row is not something I'm willing to do. The question is, can we get behind Dallas and Anton Hudobin, who's going to be in net? They lost with, uh, to Detroit with Ottinger the other night, who's actually played well. Hudobin, not quite so much this year. It's been a bit of a struggle for him. You look at Hudobin, 5-9. and nine, uh, His numbers aren't terrible, 2.65 goals against 907 save percentage. I think a product that early in the season Dallas was not scoring. Like their offense was shooting blanks. Yeah. They were terrible. Their power play was horrendous. For a long period of time, but I think Dallas is going to perk up offensively. I don't know what happened the other night, but uh, they just uh, couldn't bury their chances. That's been a problem most of the season, uh, but they do now at least have Alexander Radulov back. Uh, Tyler Sagan is nearing a return, so you would think Dallas moving forward uh, is going to be able to uh, get some more offensive production. Uh, the question for the Red Wings is who's going to be in net tonight because Bernier's actually been pretty solid, but you know injured. Uh, the last game, significant. So uh, there's a chance you're not going to see him today uh, in this game for the Detroit Red Wings. It looks like he is going to be out for sure. So probably Thomas, even though it's not been confirmed. And look, we've uh, I know our guest here today, uh, he's day-to-day as of right now, says Jeff Blaschel. But our guest here today has talked about how frustrating it's been with Jeff Blaschel and this Detroit Red Wings team in terms of p- p- announcing to the masses who the goalies are going to be on a daily basis. A lot of times you find out, whoa, just 20 minutes before the damn game starts, who's going to be in net for the Detroit Red Wings? So it's a tough way to go about it. But I think this is one of those days you can feel relatively confident, at least, that it's going to be Thomas Greif tonight for the Detroit Red Wings. And like I said, you take him out of that Islanders defensive system, and it's been a lot more of a struggle for him here against Detroit. So I guess right now I'm leaning Dallas and regular. There's a lot of in regulation today on this card because of so many big favorites, but you just can't lay minus 190 you know, by itself on the money line. You've got to try to trim it down more to greater value with either regulation or puck line. I'd rather go regulation than puck line with Dallas because you're never fully sure if they're going to score enough to win by two goals or more. So I, I do lean Dallas here uh, at, uh, in regulation, which is currently at minus 125, uh, minus 130. Uh, Pete, what do you think here with the Stars and the Red Wings? Yeah, uh, with Grice and that, I, I never can back to trade. I'm always like waiting. I mean, I, I always tweet about that. But yeah, um, you have to wait just till the last minute with Detroit because you never know who's going to be in net. But I'm about 99% sure it's going to be Grice today. And if that's the case, uh, I think you can only look to Dallas. Um, they've just been – it's just been so weird watching them because you feel like, you know, they're they're in control of a lot of the games. They, they play really they play really well. Their offense is obviously what's holding them back. But it, it's just been such a weird season watching them because they're just right into so many – like I feel like so many unlucky results, a lot of just like weird overtimes where they end up on the wrong side of it. Um, just – it's been the, the strangest season for Dallas. Um, but today uh, I would just, I would lean to, I would lean to Dallas. I think, you know, I'm not going to lay minus 190 with the stars pretty much ever. Um, but this is a game that like they definitely should win. Um, just a much better goaltending matchup. Um, you have, you know, a way better five on five team. Um, and they're coming off of a loss where it was super misleading. I mean, I think the stars had double the shots, um, and they, they almost kind of came all the way back at the end, but just couldn't do it. So, yeah, I would only kind of only lean, only lean to the stars. And if you're going to play them, I would go like puck line 
regulation play, minus one play, something like that. Just try to like get it more towards like a minus one ten, minus one twenty ish play. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only way you're not going to get minus one ten on the stars regulation. Probably like minus one thirty. Um, but that's probably like the only um, way I would probably look at the game. All right, next game, we got the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals. The uh, Capitals minus 140, home favorites, total six, shaded to the over. I don't know when this Washington winning streak is coming to an end, but I think it's coming to an end soon because sometimes when I see these teams on these long winning streaks, they play well for the large part of the streak, but then they start hearing everybody praise them and look how good the Capitals are playing, and then all of a sudden their level of play declines a little bit. And even though they beat the Rangers last night 2-1, to one, we saw signs of that. Like they were pretty heavily outplayed last night by the New York Rangers. No question about that. And if not for two outstanding individual efforts by Alex Ovechkin, who scored both Washington goals in the third period, you know, they were going to lose that game last night and see the winning streak snapped. And I worry about that because usually that's the signs that, hey, eventually the winning streak's not going to last forever. And that's one of the few times during this win streak where Washington, they've had the game taken to them. You know, they basically had the had the had the, love, the 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 territorial edge, and the play dictated to them in a big way by this Rangers team. Who, to be honest with you, I think they're kind of saying, "Get rid of David Quinn." To be honest with you, the way they've played in these two games uh, with the uh, fill-in coaching staff from the Hartford Wolfpack in the AHL with Chris Knobloch and uh, Gord Murphy uh, and Chris Drury uh, taking over on the bench with David Quinn and the regular New York Ranger coaching staff uh, out due to COVID-19 uh, uh, issues. Uh, and they've played two outstanding hockey games uh, with this coaching staff back there. They, you know, obviously they absolutely beat the living daylights out of the Flyers, 9-0. And last night they lose, but they probably should have won the hockey game because they took it to the Capitals. They carried the play uh, in that game. So, and, and really, to be honest with you, dating back to last Saturday when Artemi Panarin came back, that's really when this started for the Rangers. They're starting to play a little bit better. Uh, and obviously, when you have arguably one of your best offensive players uh, back in the lineup, it helps. When Zabanajad is starting to get things going a little bit again, it helps. They got Buchnevich back from injury uh, as well uh, earlier this week. So the Rangers are a team to keep an eye on. You know, they, they fell short last night, but they deserved a better fate. This could be a team with a little value. A little bit of a bet on type of team in the short term. I don't know if it's sustainable because the Rangers are so maddeningly inconsistent and they've kind of had goaltending that's been kind of like Philly. You expect more out of Hart and Elliott than we've gotten at times. You kind of say the same about Georgiev and Shesterkin. You expect more from them than we've gotten at times. You know, I lean to the Rangers here, but in terms of stepping in front of win streaks, I don't usually like to do that. Usually I like to bet. I'm, I'm going to stay off it. Maybe bet against Washington after the streak gets snapped because sometimes there's that bubble burst. They lose that game after a win streak, and then they lose the next game right after that. Uh, and again, with Washington, just keep on them winning games. Doesn't it feel like they should be laying a little more than minus 130? That's the other issue. So lots of going around in my head, but probably not a game I'm going to be involved in when it's all said and done. What do you think here, Pete, Rangers, Capitals? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would probably lean to – I was on the Capitals last time, and I think that was maybe just – uh, it was a super lucky win. They obviously had absolutely no business winning that game yesterday. Um, but Ovechkin just somehow just was like a one-man show at the end of that and just took took the game by storm. Um, but if you actually look at the Rangers um, recently, so they've just been a, like a weird team, like you said. Like the beginning of the year, they were playing – I thought they were playing really, really well metrically. And then, 
you know, for a while they, they really, really struggled. And then now for the last 10, I mean, I think since uh, Panarin's came back, they've, they've looked really, really well again, really, really good again. So I, this is probably either a game where you got to take either the Rangers on the money line or, or just, or just completely pass it. I think the Capitals this went They're They're not as good. They're good. They're a solid team. I don't think they're as good as their record. Uh, so this win streak is definitely going to come to an end soon and very misleading result last game. And if the Rangers play like that again, they, they're obviously going to win, but um, you know, you don't really, I mean, obviously we, we have no idea how they're going to play just because they're super inconsistent. I think the other thing you kind of have to look at with, do you know who's like the projected kind of starter for the Rangers today? Like is, is Ken Cade still going to be an option for them? Or do we, do we know if, if uh, who's just projected to be Shesterkin, but nothing confirmed as of okay. yet. And if you look at the Rangers goalie depth chart right now, uh, it looks like uh, they've got Georgiev and Kincaid. Shesterkin's been on the IR, but the fact he's listed as projected means they probably expect him uh, right now. Uh, uh, see, I haven't gotten an update, but the fact he's projected means he's nearing a return. So keep an eye on that. It won't be Georgiev. So you're looking at probably yeah. at Shesterkin or Kincaid. It's depending yeah, on whether Shesterkin is – they're going to probably see how he feels in the uh, pregame skate. You know, this is one of those situations where keep an eye on it 30 minutes before the game. You'll probably hear confirmation one way or another, but probably Shesterkin or Kincaid tonight. Yeah, I won't be able to back uh, the Rangers Kincaid's in net. I think he had, I mean, he had a couple good, he had a couple good, um, you know, out games where, you know, he, he performed really, really well. And then I, I just think he's not, he's not going to be a solid option back there just in the long term. And I, I just, I'm not going to back them if, if he's in net, especially against the Capitals where, you know, their expected goal metrics might not be the greatest, but the shooting talent on that team is unreal. It's one of the best in the league. So if he's going to be facing just like high quality shots uh, with a, with a poor goaltender, I'm not going to take my chances. Even if the Rangers do double them up in shots again, I, it's going to be, it's going to be playing with fire if Kincaid's back in net. Yeah, definitely. So keep an eye on that. If you're interested in this game and the goalies matter, uh, to you as much as they matter to us, keep an eye on this because you could be looking at a situation where you want to know closer to puck drop exactly who's in net here for uh, the Rangers. we got Arizona and Anaheim. Uh, Arizona minus 125 road favorites, five and a half shaded to the under the total. I've got a lot of games with a lot of opinions on them. This ain't one of them. Uh, I don't know how you can lay a price with Arizona. This team just, they got two goals early and you're thinking, wow, the offense is coming to life, but they should against Ryan Miller. And then Ryan Miller looks like 2006 Ryan Miller. Uh, for the last two periods in his Buffalo Sabres prime of his career, uh, and they don't get anything after that. Anaheim rallies to win 3-2. Uh, Arizona's just not very good. I think we got to admit that. You know, it's just a team that last year was in the playoffs. They, they relied on good defense, timely scoring. While they're having a hard time generating chances, they're having a hard time getting any sort of offensive traction. Uh, just to get on the offensive zone is a chore for them, you know, in a lot of games, this Arizona team. So that's a concern. Uh, Trevor Zegras, I, the one thing I like in this game is Trevor Zegras goal scoring prop. He finally got off the schneid, scored his first NHL goal to tie that game with Arizona the other night. This guy's going to be one hell of a goal scorer in this league. He's a great prospect. He it was awesome, just awesome for the U.S. in the World Juniors uh, back in December, leading them to a gold medal. I think now that he's got that first goal, monkey off the back a little bit. Watch him now pop pot a couple of goals moving forward for Anaheim. So I like that. I'm not betting a side or total in this game, but I'm going to bet Trevor Zegras uh, to score a goal, and you can get a pretty solid price. Uh, the last I checked, it was around plus 250 for him uh, to score a goal tonight. I like that. I like these teams, these players that are talented. Yeah. The puck wasn't going in for them. They finally get a goal. 
And I think the floodgates might open a little bit for a very talented young kid in Trevor Zegras. What do you think here with this game, uh, Anaheim, Arizona? Yeah, I was on Anaheim in, in the first game, which came through. Uh, it's just tough. The thing, about, the thing about the Ducks is at this point, I just think they're pretty much in full rebuild mode. I'm not really sure if they're actually trying to – like I, I keep kind of jokingly tweet about this, but I don't really know if they really care about winning right now. Uh, so it's tough to back a team where I think they're in like the full stages of like a rebuild, playing a bunch of young players, which they're super talented guys. Um, but I just, it, it's hard for me to, you know, consistently keep backing Anaheim when even if I have numerical value, I, I know that they're not really, you know, I mean, I hate saying professional teams aren't trying to win because they're obviously trying to win. But when you're in a rebuild and when you're already out of it, it's it's tough. Um, but the same thing with the Coyotes. I mean, they're just not a very good team at all right now. I was actually pretty high on them kind of as the season was going on. At the beginning of the year, they were, they were playing really well. I thought they had a lot of promise. And then, you know, Kemper got Kemper's injured now and a lot of kind of goaltending question marks. Now you also have their metrics of, I mean, when Arizona plays a solid team like Minnesota, Colorado, or Vegas, they just get absolutely manhandled, um, which just really just destroys their metrics when they play against these solid teams. So I think this is just like a total coin flip game where, you know, you're you're basically either going to go ducks at a plus money price if you can stomach backing them, or you just completely stay away because I don't know how, I mean, it's hard for me to lay any sort of minus price with Arizona. I mean, there's nothing that you can show me uh, metrically or anything that they're doing that that warrants um, anything more than like a minus 125 price here. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I mean, Arizona's capable of winning this game, and I think they will, but I mean, minus yeah. 130 on the road with this group, uh, not my not in my wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. That's what I would say about it. All right, we're down to the last two games now. St. Louis, San Jose, St. Louis minus 145 road favorites, total six across the board here. I lost with the over last night, but I'm coming back to it here because you had Jones and Bennington, and ultimately they both played better than I expected, especially Bennington, who's had a really rough goal lately for the Blues. But you're probably looking at Billy Huso and Devin Dubnik tonight uh, in the uh, back-to-back between these two teams. And uh, you talk about guys that have struggled. I mean, Dubnik, 3.12 goals against, 904 save percentage. Huso. I mean, really poor numbers, 3.57 goals against 879 uh, save percentage uh, for the St. Louis Blues. So, you know, the goals didn't uh, show up last night uh, in the game uh, between these two teams. There were chances that both teams played pretty respectable, at least at the defensive end of the ice. But I think there's a better chance to see both of these teams uh, have better success offensively here in the rematch. And uh, as much as uh, we have issues trusting, or at least I do, uh, Jones and Bennington, uh, you look at the numbers for Dubnik and Huso, uh, they're just not very good at all. So, uh, you know, lost the over last night, but that's not going to get me to shy away completely from uh, going back to the well with it here tonight. So uh, St. Louis and San Jose uh, over the total, uh, over six, minus 110, minus 115. You remember they played a Saturday night hockey game in San Jose, you know, a few weeks ago, and it was seven to six. I don't think we'll see that again uh, in this game. Uh, but And Dubnik was in net for the Sharks that night. Uh, but I do think we get this game to go uh, over the total uh, just a little bit. Uh, it looks like uh, our special guests having camera issues, but I think we yeah. can still hear them. So that's good. Remember, this is on podcast too. So as long as we can hear you, it's all good. What do you think here, St. Louis, San Jose? Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know what's going on with the camera. For some reason, it just completely went out. Um, you can still hear me though, right? 
Yeah, I got you loud okay. and clear. You're okay. good. Okay, cool. So with San Jose, uh, I was actually on them uh, their last game in St. Louis, which was a tough one because they were up 1-0. They give up a shorthand goal. They have a power play in overtime. Uh, just somehow they, they couldn't get the job done there. Uh, they actually played a super even game with St. Louis. Uh, so I'll probably end up backing uh, the Sharks again. I just think the Blues are actually, um, you know, if you look at kind of how they've performed over the last month, it, it really hasn't been that impressive. And I, I'm not just, even Bennington, like I'm just not really sold on, on any of these goalies right now. I I don't really know kind of what to expect from him. He's been super inconsistent. And then if you have if you have Huso in there, I mean, he's been one of the worst goalies in the league. So with the Sharks, obviously their goalies are, are horrible too, but, you know, if you look at just overall, just kind of five on five play between these two teams recently, it's been super even. So for me, uh, I'll probably end up going back to the Sharks again. They'll probably, you know, find some way to lose in overtime or like lose by one goal, like super close game or something like that. Um, but I, I just don't really think there's I mean, there's not too much of a difference between these two teams. I, I think uh, I'm going to be kind of fading St. Louis quite a bit um, kind of moving forward this year just because. I mean, if they continue kind of how they've been playing recently, uh, I just can't really can't really trust them, uh, especially with a lot of these matchups. Like, you know, they're, they're, I think they're just a they're a step behind Minnesota, step behind Colorado, step behind Vegas, and I think the Kings are even kind of you know right 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 in line with the Blues right now too. So this team might actually miss the playoffs, and I wouldn't really be surprised. Uh, so actually, gonna probably probably bet on san jose uh, i haven't really decided yet but um, that one's definitely on my radar yeah it's dubnik for san jose it's likely to be who so for st louis but the blues goaltending yeah. not confirmed uh just yet as of right now and i like the over too because san jose played low scoring with vegas in the first game and in the second game the floodgates opened you know i think we're going to see more of the same here you had a low scoring game with the blues and the sharks the other night and then the second game, things are a little bit looser. The offenses make their adjustments. And the Sharks' offense has been fine most of the season. Like, even though they're not a great team, the scoring goals has not been their issue. They've got multiple guys that have been pretty good for them lately uh, offensively. Kane, Couture, LeBanc, Timo Myers uh, back and healthy again. Tomas Hurdle is back and healthy again. Uh, Dylan Gambrell has chipped in on that third line for the Sharks from an offensive standpoint. So they're getting goals. So is St. Louis. St. Louis, it's actually the offense that's kind of carried them with the injuries. They miss Colton Pareko and Carl Gunnarsson. They're not the same defensive team without those two guys. Factor that in and Huso. And, you know, San Jose should score. But I also think with the Blues, the way they're going with Shen Tarasenko back, Peron's in good form, Mike Hoffman, Jaden Schwartz is now back. Another person to help, another player to help them offensively. Zach Sanford's been uh, an offensive spark plug for the Blues. I think we'll see goals both ways here tonight uh, in this one. All right, final game uh, on this massive, massive Saturday card, Winnipeg and Edmonton. We've got Edmonton uh, minus 130 to minus 140 home favorites, total six across the board in this one. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, taking care of business last game against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a tight checking, a uh, low scoring affair uh, between those two teams. The Oilers uh, get the victory. Winnipeg loses. And you know what that means? It's Winnipeg off a loss. And all that has done all season long is cash in one game after another. And I've been on this all season long. I, I, I spotted it early. Good teams bounce back off a loss. And nobody's been better at that. Not a few teams have been better than the Winnipeg Jets bouncing back off a loss. I expect that tonight. I like the great value, in my opinion, with Winnipeg here. You can get plus 115, plus 120, 
They've been just lights out off a loss. They're going to have Hellebuck back in net tonight after Laurent Brossois uh, got the start the other night. It was one of those rare games where the Jets, who have a very, very capable offense with Connor and Ehlers and Shifley uh, and Wheeler, they got held in check by the Oilers on Thursday. Usually when they don't score a lot of goals in their previous game, they bounce back offensively the next game. That has been a start pattern of results this year uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. So very simple. And in these games where, again, the Jets and the Oilers are neck and neck in the standings, they're both right there and both of them right just barely trailing Toronto uh, in the division. These are games you don't want to lose both games. They're important games. Jets are battling the Oilers head-to-head. The Jets have been magnificent off a loss this year. So I'm on Winnipeg here, plus 115, plus 120 in this one. Uh, What's your take here, Pete? Final game on the card, Jets and Oilers. I uh, locked in the Jets plus 125 uh, yesterday. I love – it's probably my second favorite uh, pick on the card today. Uh, if you look at like their last the last game against Edmonton, they actually did uh, play a little bit better than them. Uh, we ran into some, I mean, Koskinen somehow played a played a really solid game, which is just um, very kind of outlier uh, in that regard. Um, and then obviously you're getting uh, Hellebuck back today, who you know you're going to have one of the best goalies in the league back there. Um, and a lot of Edmonton stats. So something that's uh, super uh, interesting this year is Edmonton's just absolutely beat up on um, Ottawa. Uh, beat up on Vancouver, like beat up on, um, you know, a lot of these teams and they've really acquired all of these uh, solid stats uh, just based off of playing like a lot of the bottom tier teams in the, in this uh, division. So I think when Edmonton plays against uh, the better teams here, they, they do tend to get outplayed. And I just think that the Jets are overall a better team. Uh, so to be getting a plus 125 when, when we think that we have the better team here, they've been really, really solid off the back-to-backs. I mean, sorry, a back off of a loss. Like when, when they lose, they've, I think they've won pretty much every single game uh, the next time, uh, which, I mean, I don't put too much weight into that, but it is something. I mean, if they're, they're metrically performing really, really well. Um, but, yeah, you have, you know, getting your better goalie back um, off of a loss when I just think the Jets are better than the Oilers. Uh, just I, I'm, I'm going to go and, and, and take the Jets every single time here. So I'm on the same agreement with you here with the Jets. I think it's uh, going to be one of my favorite plays today too. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like clockwork for me with the Jets off a loss. And, you know, it's not going to last forever. They're eventually going to lose two games in a row. Even I understand that. But as long as they keep finding ways to win and avoid those two-game losing streaks and you're getting good prices and you think they're – you know, they're getting a price where these two teams are pretty close to even. And you could even say the Jets, you know, especially in the last head to head game, you're right. I thought the Jets, I thought, were carrying the play a little bit more than the Oilers were. And yet they didn't get the win, you know, to go with it. They deserved a better fate. So uh, both of us like in Winnipeg here in this one. And we've gotten through all 14 games. This is arguably, this has got to be one of the biggest, largest NHL cards we've had on a single day all season. Pete, your uh, great analysis as always. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, your special guest, so let people know where they can find you and talk to you and all, all kinds of things. Yeah, uh, so my Twitter profile is uh, my name right there. It's at Ice King Bets. Pretty much, you know, just what I do is I, I, I'm running a predictive model that I'm basically using just like a bunch of advanced stats for. And, you know, we have monthly subscribers. We, we pretty much uh, we're running everything through a new app called BetStamp, which if you download the BetStamp app and follow um, my name on there is Ice Kings on BetStamp. You can find all my documented results for the whole year and 
all my plays there and you can actually sign up for like monthly and, and yearly packages um, there. And then what I'm doing for Twitter is I, I give out one free play per day, um, which, you know, I, I just want to give kind of everybody like a taste of kind of what, what you get with, you know, signing up for like a VIP or a membership there. So one free play a day, Saturday, I give out all my plays through um, a podcast like this, or I do my own Periscope usually. Um, and then every other day is kind of like one free play, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, my Twitter is ice King bets. We're almost at 5,000 followers, which is crazy because, you know, I think I started, I created this account, you know, two, three years ago from nothing. Um, and now it's just completely blown up. So really appreciate all the support and, you know, especially, you know, thank you Ian for, you know, letting me on and bringing more awareness to everything. And thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. The people that are good, they do their work and they're a uh, good, uh, at it. And, you know, obviously your analysis is good and you're right. I don't want to toot the ice guys show horn too much here, but I know you being on this show helps your Twitter follower count a little bit. I'm sure it has because we get lots of people watching the show uh, on a daily basis, downloading the okay. podcast. And when they hear you or see you for the first time, uh, you know, you'll get more, you'll get a little boost in followers. Thanks to being on this show. I'm pretty sure of that. So uh, good stuff. Uh, let's get to best bets and wrap it up uh, for this Saturday dish. we got some good news for you. New Jersey's up one. Nothing. Yeah. Pittsburgh. So, uh, good stuff. Good start there for the Devils. We'll see if they can keep that going. Uh, best bet, Pete, the floor is yours. What do you like most here on this Saturday um, card? Yeah, so I think I mentioned it before, but I'm going to go Montreal in regulation. That's going to be my best bet for today. Just think Pulpy is going to be in for a rough, a rough day, especially with you know how much quality the Canadians generate versus the Canucks give up. You're not going to have your you know safety net back there with Demco bailing them out consistently. Uh, just also just like situationally, it's it's very, very good for Montreal. Uh, last game of a road trip for a successful road trip for Vancouver and, you know, kind of a, a super, you know, almost, I don't it's not a must win game. I mean, every game is. But, you know, the Canadians, you know, really, really need a win here. And I just think, you know, five on five overall, they're going to be way better than Vancouver. And with Holpe back there, you're now throwing in a, a really, really bad goaltender. So I like Montreal to bounce back and, and get a win in regulation at minus 110. Um, that's going to be my favorite uh, play for the day. All right. Montreal in regulation, minus 110 against Vancouver for Pete with his best bet. Follow him on Twitter at IceKingBets. And my best bet, it was my best bet on this show Thursday uh, with this team. It's been my best bet a bunch of times with this team off the loss. We're going back to that game we've uh, just talked about, Winnipeg plus 120 uh, against Edmonton. That is going to be my best bet for this Saturday card. You can find plus 120 at William Hill, a couple other places, plus 115. So shop around. Make sure you get that best price currently available. I go by prices that are out there now. I actually bet uh, this game earlier in a better price than what's readily available now, but got to give you the prices that are available as we do this show. And right now, plus 120 is the best price currently with Winnipeg at William Hill. Uh, so make sure uh, you shop around, but I like the Winnipeg Jets plus 120 against Edmonton. That'll be my best bet for this Saturday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in live. Reminder, we're on seven days a week, live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, make sure you download the podcast version of the Ice Guys show on all major podcast providers. Uh, thanks to our special guest at Ice King Bets on Twitter for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.